Hi, I'm Devin Moore, your host for Humanity Rising's Race to Speak Up podcast and founder of Hashtag Race to Speak Up, an anti-bullying organization. The Race to Speak Up podcast is a place where we have open and engaging conversations about bullying prevention, how to be upstanders, and how we are making a positive change in our communities. So the question now is, how do you race to speak up? Hello, and welcome back to the Race to Speak Up podcast. I'm your host, Devin Moore. Today's guest is Jade Zeroff, founder and president of Entertainment for Change. Home birthed, never having eaten, meat in her life, and born and raised theater kid, Jade Zeroff is an impact artist, singer, actress, producer, entrepreneur, and young changemaker whose passion and purpose is to leverage entertainment as a vehicle for activism and impact. Jade is a leader in inspiring others to use their talents for positive change in the world through her nonprofit organization called Entertainment for Change, which amplifies youth voices and creates a new kind of leader that is empowered to make the social and environmental change necessary for a sustainable future. Welcome, Jade, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so uh, excited to connect with someone who clearly is passionate about a lot of similar things in the world. Yeah, I know this will be a great conversation. So I'm super happy to be speaking with you. Now, as the founder and president for Entertainment for Change, you're empowering the youth to create a more loving world through creativity, passion, and artistic activism. Can you tell us more about Entertainment for Change? Yeah, um, it's very easy for me to go on passion tangents of being able to really talk about entertainment for change for quite some time. I feel like I gave birth to entertainment for change of having this child in my life. But um, I started entertainment for change in college at Emerson College, and I have been working on it for about five years now. It's gone through different iterations, different chapters, but the current Um, present state of entertainment for change is a nonprofit organization that advocates for the 17 sustainable development goals of the United Nations by educating and empowering and co-creating with the next generation of impact artists. And during COVID, I was really thinking like, what is it that entertainment for change is doing in the world? And it took me a really long time to kind of figure out, um, not just the why that I'm so connected to, but like, how are we doing that in the world? How, what does it mean to change the world? And I just think education is so huge. I'm so uh, inspired by what you do too, in terms of being able to provide resources and provide tools to help people figure out how to be change makers themselves and give the individual the power to do that. And so being an impact artist is using your art, your creative, unique expression to advocate for what you believe in in the world, depending on your story, depending on what you're passionate about. And so we've built out a curriculum that teaches you, uh, teaches young people how to be an impact artist. Um, And that is what we're working on right now. That's so cool. So I know how important it is to speak up for a better world to live in and help others. With you working with children, are they understanding the importance of activism? That's a great question. Um, I believe that we as, and this is just my like intuitive understanding of um, my observation in the work that I do. 
But I believe that when we're born, we our souls come into this world and we're pure. I think that there's a lot that we have to offer to the world. I think that on a fundamental level, um, there's yin and yang in all of us. There's evil and there's good. And I think that to bring out the good in all of us is um, something that needs to be uh, fostered and harnessed and um, and and engaged with. And so I think that it's not that a kid is necessarily uh, an activist or understanding what it is they're going to change about the world as much as they're open to receiving new possibilities and they're open to kind of being creative with using their imagination to create that future that is beautiful to them. And I think that um, the more we can engage that side of kids, the more you develop that skill set as you get older to actually be interacting with the world in a way that is serving people, serving the planet, serving the, you know, the this, this our society in a way that's positive. And I think that um, as you get older, obviously you start to harness that in a more focused way. So when I'm working with teenagers, there's more of like a I want to work on sustainable development goal. Um, number three, which is good health and well-being, because I've experienced mental health in a way that I need to support others through their process. But when you're younger than that, um, your imagination's so, so expansive. And I think that playing and being creative in positive ways, uh, developmentally speaking, are so, it's such an important platform and it's such an important um, trajectory to get an individual on sooner rather than later. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> no, that did. That's so interesting that you bring that up. I always notice when the youth, well, well, this is just kind of a normal thing, but like when you're super young, you're kind of almost like a sponge, but you're so curious about the world. You have so many things that you don't even know how you're feeling about it. And so I just think how it's so interesting that we see you like at this age and it's just like, oh, this child is so focused on so many different things. And then once we're like teenagers, we're kind of able to like, um, like focus in on one thing that we're so like, um, and intrigued or just like passionate about, excuse me, that's the word totally. I want to use, passionate about. Like for me, you know, you already know, <laughs> anti-bullying, I'm so, I'm so passionate about helping the youth. And so that's why it's so, um, that's why I'm so happy to be speaking with you and learn about how you're doing that through um, entertainment for change. So you said you work with um, like children and um, teenagers. What What's like the age range exactly for that? Yeah, this past summer we kickstarted our impact artist curriculum. I was working with seven to 17 year olds. So we were really all over. Um, but this next chapter of entertainment for change, we're targeting high school and middle school. So around um, 12 to 17, 18 years old. And that's because the creation aspect of our curriculum is a lot of bringing forth something that you've experienced. And to just make that clear distinction when you're younger, you just haven't experienced as much life yet. So um, we're, we want to, uh, we want to go younger and younger as we evolve but right now we're looking at middle school and high school. 
Why don't you tell us more about the curriculum? Yeah, um, the curriculum is broken up into nine chapters and uh, I could truly talk about the curriculum for a really long time, but it's broken up into three subsections, which is educate, empower, and create. And the education aspect is really breaking down um, what it means to make an impact in the world, what it means to be an artist in the world. Even if you don't identify as an artist, you still have some kind of artistry that lives inside of you. I believe that everybody is an artist in their, uh, just in their existence and being like creative. And then we look at the 17 sustainable development goals. Then we move on to empower. So we give tools and techniques and um, games and question, reflective questions you can ask yourself to get yourself up in the morning and really start to look at what you want to, what, what you want to change about the world um, and how you're going to do that as an individual and as a potential leader um, or as someone who is making a choice of who you're going to follow. So you don't necessarily have to be like a born leader to to create something new as much as you should be conscious of who you're listening to, who you're absorbing, as you said, of like, you can be a curious person, but if you're absorbing content on Instagram that's not serving you, that's going to affect your perspective on a lot of different things. Um, and then the third is create. So really creating like a tangible, concrete, artistic piece that, that aligns a sustainable development goal of the United Nations, um, to your creative outlet. And so to be super clear, it's like, if you wanna write a song about climate action, that's kind of what you would do. Or if you wanna do a comedy sketch about um, uh, racial inequality, you can do something like that just to kind of, like you can take kind of what you're passionate about and create something that can resonate with people on a deeper level. Wow, that's so cool. It's great that you're, or excuse me, it's great that you're allowing for students to really take what they are passionate about and like harvest that and like turn into something beautiful or in order to help others in order to really embrace themselves, embrace who they are. Um, so can you tell us more about the classes? Cause I know you have classes. Can you tell us more about the classes? Yeah, we did. Well, we, uh, during COVID we, did kind of like a virtual summer camp vibe. Um, I'm a summer camp kid. So when I saw that all the summer kids were closing, I was like, no, doesn't <laughs> know. Um, but then we um, did classes that a lot of my friends actually taught. They're all either in theater or film or voice or, and um, were out of work at the time. So we did a lot of master classes. And then we had a seven class series that, uh, integrated the sustainable development goals into uh, songwriting or um, or an acting technique class or visual art. We had a cooking class. So different ways in which, uh, like you said, really internalizing that experience and using art to do that of what they were going through in real time uh, with COVID and then externalizing that through a piece of art. We do a lot of master classes, but right now the curriculum is what we're working on so that we can integrate a longer form version of what we were doing with the classes in schools and make it more accessible. Also, I hear you keep um, talking about the SDG or sustainable um, development goals. I always call them SDGs. And I know that you're an advocate. 
Yeah, I know that you're an advocate for the United Nations SDGs, and you are actually a panelist on the United Nations Media for Social Impact Conference in 2019. Can you tell us more about your work with the Sustainable Development Goals? Yeah, I, in an informal way, have been a huge advocate for the Sustainable Development Goals. I have built relationships um, over time with some humans that work in the UN and at the UN um, and are partnered with the UN. But when I first started the nonprofit, I was like, I'm gonna change the world through art. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, cute. Good luck with that. Like, what does that even mean? So I found that the sustainable development goals were a really great framework for what we're working on globally while allowing each individual to put their voice behind something specific. So if you don't feel confident slash passionate about uh, poverty, right? Like, don't be ashamed by that. Be educated by it. But then you can put your voice behind um, life on land because you love animals. So it allowed for like a broader uh, way in which every individual had a voice, but we're still working towards a unified vision. So I really love the SDGs for that reason. And some of the work that I've just committed myself to of producing songs like the STG Groove have gotten some traction and people have appreciated the idea of using art to be the vehicle for awareness of the SDGs. That's so interesting. I remember learning about the SDGs in school <laughs> and <laughs> I um, I really was able to resonate with, um, well, a couple. Um, I know there's good health and well-being. I know definitely that one I resonated with, especially through my anti-bullying work and working with the youth. Um, oh. And then also gender equality was just another thing because I know I like talking about that. and. I kind of, I understand that with the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, there's so many different things that are honestly what people are passionate about. And, you know, if you, if you don't know about this one thing, you can also like, well, first you can learn about it and then you can also go on to the next thing and you can learn from Jade, who is very focused on this as well and is working with it through, excuse me, through Entertainment for Change. That's really interesting. Um, yeah. The great for that reason. Do you talk to the students that you work with about the importance of being an upstander? The importance of being an upstander? Yeah, I think that um, part of the curriculum is a lot of looking at how you're interacting with the world and people and the planet and um, your purpose and treating others the way you want to be treated. And I think that more often than not, we're not educated to be upstanders at all. It's, it's more so the fear and then you're not taught how to deal with fear. That's my belief. I believe that when we're younger, when you're scared, it's almost like questioning why you're scared in a shameful way versus questioning why you're scared in a reflective and productive way so that you can then take that fear and use it for good and be an upstander. So a lot of what we're doing is we're getting to the root of why people maybe aren't being upstanders to begin with so that they feel empowered to make that choice versus feeling like even sometimes scared to be, or, or they're scared into being an upstander, like that isn't sustainable. That's like momentary, support 
in a way that could, could be performative or even more problematic than helpful. That's so important that we can really get to the root of being an upstander and the fear. I'm so, I'm so, um, and I'm like so interested and in, I'm always talking about being an upstander. And so I always try to focus in on, um, I try to actually focus in on like the fear. Cause I know that when it comes to like middle school, middle school is the time I always say this middle school is a time where people tend to start figuring out, oh, we don't look the light. We don't look alike. We don't act the same. We don't talk the same, walk the same, look the same. We don't have the same eyes. Like we're not all the same. And because of that, people start to distance themselves from each other. But that also opens up them be to being like um, bullied, certain students being bullied. Because if they are outside of whatever norm that environment is or whatever type of group of people, if they're out of that, then students may start hating on you and they may start hurting you just because you're quote unquote different from them and you aren't like the norm. And so right. I think I looking at it like that also, like I understand why it's so hard that someone can be an upstander for someone who's going through bullying, but that's why we really need to, you know, figure out where the fear is coming from and figure out how can we even be an upstander. I always talk to, um, like when I'm on my webinars and podcasts or wherever I'm speaking to the youth. And I always say, the first thing that you need to do when talking about bullying and being an upstander, uh, oh, that, that's what I'm about to say. When it, when it comes to bullying and being an upstander, the first thing you need to do is talk about it, have this open conversation about what the problem is and how can we, how can we help someone going through bullying? How can we be an upstander for each other? How can we totally. support each other? And with all the inequality in the world, with all this bad, I, I don't like to look at the bad, but I understand that I have to because of the amount of hate that people get when it comes to bullying. When all, with all this inequality and like talking about racism even, George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement, that can be very challenging for many. Did you have this conversation with your students about that? Yeah, all the time. I have... For me, I um, will never pretend to know more than anyone because I don't know everything. There's no way in which I would have all the answers. Um, and I am a huge conversationalist. I am someone who like am fully ready to step into any conversation because I'd rather be an active listener than someone who pretends to know what to say. And so my version of having those conversations is asking questions with the preface of, are you comfortable with talking about this? Is this the time to talk about this? Because every human, like maybe you didn't eat that day and you don't, and you like can't, you don't have the mental capacity quite literally to like go there because there's so much trauma that exists with, experiences that may directly affect you and may not even directly affect you, but it's still. And so it's like, you know, yes, of course. And I think that the more we can actually embrace those conversations in a way that we're actively listening and we're actively pursuing interest in perspective, interest in, from a curious standpoint, what people are feeling on a very authentic level, then we can actually see each other more clearly. And regardless of our gender distinctions, 
skin differences, like anything that makes us different, we can still see each other for who we are and like hold hands through everything. And I think that when you're a kid, there's so much like dancing, but we're humans. Like we have feelings that are happening all the time. If we're not talking about these things, then they just start to build. And then it becomes something that like, is not a healthy understanding of life period. It's just, it's like, it's, it is life. So I think that we just need to, um, so to answer your question, yes. And it's so com complex. So it's so important to just be here for people and like really listen. You're so right. You're so right. Standing together, it, that's how you stand stronger. That's how you're able to support each other in a way that positively helps all. Um, I, I know that you supported Broadway Black, which amplifies the voices of Black artists and entertainers. Why is it important to further your work with other organizations like Broadway Black? Um, we, no one can do anything alone. I'm like a huge advocate for collaboration. I think that like Drew, who's the founder of Broadway Black, I connected with him on Instagram. We were like talking back and forth for a while and we donated, I believe it was 20% of our proceeds to that organization because we just had a FaceTime conversation one day about being founders of organizations and like connected on the, the challenges that we faced having organizations that we started from the ground up. And, you know, like we both just have experienced similar but different challenges in uh, running an organization. And so rather than like, well, my organization's gonna do this and you do that. It's like, no, it's exactly what you just said. We have to stand together. So not only is it important to have conversations and connect and unify and work together with individuals, but the organizations that are different but also like similar values, similar passions we both are standing with the arts you know um at the end of the day we're all just living on this planet together we might as well do things together and also it's more fun to do things with people <laughs> in my I mean I think co-creation is exciting and when you can like look left and right and be proud of the work that you're doing and not be alone it's more exciting and it's more fulfilling I agree I agree Working with people definite or working with others definitely allows you to not only get help, but learn from each other and really just, it opens up this like understanding, this ground of understanding or this safe space where you can really learn from each other and create something beautiful. Totally. Um, and then also, cause I know you guys definitely promote positivity, which I love to always promote positivity on my social media and whenever I can. Um, if you see me at school, I'm kind of the one that's always saying positive affirmations just randomly. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I know on your um, or on the Entertainment for Change website, you have an impact art uh, impact artist manifesto. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, I'm so happy you're asking that. That's so thoughtful that you looked at that. Um, so I'm a huge believer in not assuming anything about anyone. When you step into a room and you make that assumption of like, oh, I'm just going to say 
that my understanding of you is the truth. It's, it's the opposite of curiosity. And so the idea of having this manifesto is to be an impact artist, there's an impact artist manifesto. So it's a value system. It's not a rule book, but it's something to actually align values of all of the individuals who are deciding that they want to step into being an impact artist, such as, um, you know, internalizing thoughts and feelings so that you can externalize that impact, breathing and being present in the moment, because that's going to actually allow you to uh, be that authentic self. So all these different things that we put on the impact artist manifesto that's on our site. And then one of the exercises that we do early on in the curriculum is we have everybody write their own impact artist manifesto. And one of the things I'm the most proud of from this past summer of doing this impact artist curriculum is we had um, in the classroom, like over a hundred manifestos all over the wall. I can send you the picture. And it's so fulfilling for me to look at because everybody has their own manifesto. And a lot of them are like, they're similar things, but it's, it's so powerful to be able to, even if you're not someone who likes to journal or whatever, it's so powerful to go, I believe in gender equality and this is something that matters to me. And then write it down on paper and to have that as your manifesto that can change and evolve over time, but it's grounding, it gets, it allows that individual to see themselves clearly within the broad scope of people that exist. And, um, and it's fun and it's going back to the original thing that I said, it allows me to not assume anything about you. It's an opportunity for you to use your voice and tell me who you are. I love that so much because I'm kind of just picturing myself if I were to be in a room like that and just seeing a bunch of manifestos. I know I would definitely love that. And especially if I was like younger, my younger self would definitely like say if I was 12 because I was also into positive affirmations then just seeing different people writing such great things. I love that. And even like looking back at the website because I see I dedicate myself or my life to empowering myself, the planet and others. I am passion, unity, empathy, kindness, respect, gratitude, and truth. I love how I can resonate with that and just share that with others. It always makes me so happy to share such positive things with others. And so it's just, it's really nice talking with you. What's been the most rewarding, oh, excuse me. <laughs> What's been the <laughs> most rewarding part of your Entertainment for Change journey? Hitting me with that hard question, Devin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the most rewarding part of working on Entertainment for Change is watching someone specifically this past summer, um, watching someone feel like they've their voice and passion has have been heard. We did a showcase at the end of the summer. I think that was the moment that it that was the most powerful for me of over 20 acts of various artistic expressions aligned to SDGs. And we just had a range of like different versions of what it meant to advocate for change with art um, of different age ranges and different backgrounds and different. And it was really just so fulfilling because you see a young person like running off the stage 
on a high because everyone was clapping for them being able to communicate their truth. And it was like really powerful. I just want to do more and more and more of that. Jade, that's beautiful. Honestly, I just am always trying to imagine different ways to, or like how I always, whenever someone talks about that one child that they help, that if it's just one child or of course many, but like the warmth that is brought to your own heart from that, knowing that they're so happy within what they're doing, within how they're so like able to express their passion through art or through whatever else that they're expressing it through. It's just such a beautiful feeling. And now I think I'm going to hit you with another hard question. What's been the most challenging part of your entertainment for change journey? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Um, honestly, because uh, honestly, the most challenging part of my entertainment for change journey has been figuring out how to sustain financially. That's the hardest part. I think that ideas are really exciting. Ideas are really interesting. And my greatest piece of advice for people is just like to follow your passion. This is coming from someone who hasn't even figured out fully how to do that in a financially sustainable way. But when I say that And I'm sure you can appreciate this on a fundamental level of like, when you're passionate about something, that's what's going to get you up in the morning. And that's what's going to fulfill your day. And, and I hope, of course, that I get to a point in which like, I can then sit back and be like, all right, my day is done. I'm going to go out for dinner. And all that money that's going towards dinner was what I made from doing what I love. Like, that's not necessarily how it works. And so um, that has been the most challenging part. But I think that the challenge is uh, is so, the reward is so much more than the challenge. And, but it is, but it is sometimes a challenge because you, I, I am working a couple jobs like while I'm doing entertainment for change and entertainment for change is what ultimately makes me smile and makes me excited. That was such a great answer. That's like making me so like, I have no words. I love, yeah, that is exactly what I would say to someone too. <laughs> like <laughs> that, um, that feeling of rewarding kind of just outweighs everything in a sense. And it's so important that we focus on that, but it's just like, well, we naturally focus on that. We, we want to help others and we're doing that through entertainment for change, race to speak up and humanity rising. Like we're doing that through our platforms. It's so cool how we're cool, you know, we're cool how we're doing that. (laughs) We'll be cool. And then like, we'll have ramen together. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then I also, I wanted to ask you about the Emerson Green Gala, because I know that you created that. The Emerson Green Gala um, gives students the chance to win a thousand dollars and to celebrate our planet through diverse forms of inspiring artistic expression. Can you tell us about why you created the Emerson Green Gala and the impact you've made through it? Yeah, when I was at Emerson, it's it's the kind of inspiration for, or it is the inspiration for Entertainment for Change, but when I was a student at Emerson, I was an eco-representative on campus, so I was begging students to recycle and trying to get them to like 
care about the planet. And because it was a small liberal arts school, I just questioned why we weren't using our art for change. And so each student group on campus, acapella, dance, comedy, um, they all had three to five minutes to create original work uh, that aligned to Earth Day and celebrated Earth Day and advocated for environmental awareness. And when I bridged that gap, I was like, duh, if we can memorize a song of like how to recycle, we changed all the lyrics from Saturday Night Live's Dick in a Box to Recycling's Hot. And it was stuck in someone's head and then they recycled. So it was kind of like a really solid educational tool that we used. And then I, the next year made it a competition. So the winner got a thousand dollars. So it incentivized higher quality work and sponsors and judges. And the impact was that not only was as an audience member, you're going, oh, okay, now I kind of care more, but the person that's creating, which inspired entertainment for change, then was able to like feel that as an artist, they intentionally made that impact because they created something for the earth, for the planet. I just expanded the range of what you can choose to speak about in your creation. That's amazing. So what are your hopes and dreams moving forward with your work? We are working on uh, producing the curriculum into short form content to then integrate into schools so that we can make it super accessible and add lesson plans and exercises for teachers to also engage with us as a means of empowering students because if you're already in school, let's make it super accessible for content to then be empowered as an individual and then educated as an individual to make that impact that you may wanna make when you're in high school or middle school, but you just don't know where to start or you're feeling like too overwhelmed and afraid. So that's the goal. The hope is that being an impact artist becomes an easily identifiable uh, identity on a mainstream level. Well, this has been a great conversation, Jade. It's so cool talking to you. You're amazing. Thank you. Oh, my last question for you is how can people find you? Um, Tell us your social media platforms and your website. At Jade Zeroff, Z as in zebra, A-R-O-F-F as in Frank, like Zeroff to the races. Um, so at Jade Zeroff on Instagram, uh, TikTok, I kind of dabble with sometimes. And then at Entertainment for Change, all spelled out on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, all the things. And then entertainment for change website. <laughs> and then the other, and then entertainmentforchange.com or jadezeroff.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us today, Jade. This is a great conversation and so enlightening. I appreciate it. I, I really admire the work that you do. I'm a host and MC for a bullying prevention seminar that's in high schools. So I, I genuinely, I'm constantly talking about the statistics of bullying prevention um, and how to actually shift that into, uh, into being an upstander. And so I, I really, when I say I admire your work, I'm, I'm speaking from a very like heart centered place. Well, thank you so much, Jade.
And also thank you to everyone who's listening. I hope to see you guys at future Race to Speak Up podcasts. If you have any questions about the Race to Speak Up podcast, feel free to contact me at racetospeakup at gmail.com. Make sure to follow me at Race to Speak Up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for updates on the podcast. Join the Humanity Rising movement. Humanity Rising offers scholarships for students making a difference in the world through service. Visit www.humanityrising.org for more information. And remember to ask yourself this question, how do you race to speak up?